0: Okay, good morning. Today's daf is Daf Lamed. Um, today's shoes is with Nishma Spencion, Ben Zeev Abraham Alevi, um, Yitzchak, Rabbi Yecheskel, Maras Brina Bas Rebi Eliezer, and Ruvain Ben Leib Idol. May then names have an Aliyah. May their memory be a blessing. Today's shoes is also for, for a first of Pesah B'Sheina B'ela. May she have a complete and speedy recovery um, and to, uh, today, regarding the Omer, today is okay. The 44th day of the Omer, really getting close to Matan Torah. Um, yeah, so let's go from the fifth, fourth line, on, yes. And for a full shleim of Ruvain Benlaya, may also have a complete and speedy recovery. Um, fourth line of Amud Aleph 38 says, Omar Once we we were discussing, remember going to the mikvah, and then we mentioned why does a kohen have to wash his hands after urinating? He can do it without touching any parts of his body. Remember, obviously, if if you touch any part of your body that's normally covered, never mind your privates, but any part of your body that's normally covered. You have to wash your hands before you would um, daven or learn or think, but now but we mentioned specifically your hands you always have to wash because you have to make sure to um, wipe your shoes and then we' interesting we brought a Mahlo we shown him that to him brought on the page. What about if you go to the bathroom without touching anything? Does this rule still apply that you must wash your hands and Rabenu Tam seemed to say no um let 's go on. Now, once we mention that discussion, we are going to mention other halochas to do with going to the bathroom. So, Amara Koima. If there's excrement left behind, it says also look across kreashma, It's forbidden to say kreashma. Now, hechi what's the case? the nearest If it's visible, I. It's. I don't know how to say this nicely, but it's even when he's he didn't uh, wipe himself properly and it's it's there. So then, obviously he would have to. Wash. Um, he's not allowed to say Kriyashma. Never mind that. Even if you can just see excrement, you can't say Kriyashma. Or t- uh, Kriyashma, Daven, etc. But we use the phrase Kriyashma. It says, Elle de loy Well, it must be we're speaking about excrement that can't be seen. It says, loy So that's impossible. It's not necessarily reasonable, especially then they didn't have... I didn't have toilet paper or things like that, but it's it's impossible to expect a person to be a hundred percent clean. We're not angels. Interesting to think about when do we say this concept of Lo Torah la as we generally find it the Torah does have quite high standards. Of. Okay, let's just come back to that. He says Tricha de biniros, So no, the case is where when he's sitting down it's visible. If when he stands up, it's not visible. And that's why, strictly speaking, when he's standing and davening, he's not restricted by the Gomorrah that says you're not allowed to daven... Uh, strictly speaking, when he's standing up and it's not visible, then... Uh, I mean, um, then he's not required... There's no isr to daven necessarily, because it's not visible. It says... So that's the that's Rav Popper's halacha. Again, that if it's a person would be sitting down, it would be visible, but when he's standing, it's covered by his body. Well, then he he can he cannot say creation. He says a is this any different to actual tsoa on his other places of his body? The itmar, as we learned, a machlokes amoraim al besara or shohayyuy what happens if he has some tzoh on his arm? And the assumption here is that it's covered because as I said, if it's visible, you're not allowed to daven. So he has some tzoh on his, somewhere on his body that's covered by clothes. Or his hands, he's standing with his hands in an opening into the bathroom. Interesting enough, we know you're not allowed to daven in the bathroom. So the question here is basically, what happens if your hands are in the in the bathroom? Um, yeah, more the... Their basic Beisakissa, we're speaking about is more their, um, what's the technical term? A lavatory. It's a, it's a toilet, not a bathroom. It says, Rav Huna Amar says, you can say Kriyashma. Rav Amar Asalikros Kriyashma. Rav says, it's also to say Kriyashma. What's the Mahloikes based on? So this is all from a Gemara in Brachas. But Rav Kista says that you need to use your mouth and nose to praise Hashem. So as long as that part of your body is clean, and then again, obviously that you can't see excrement, and you can't see things like that, then you can dive in, as long as your mouth and nose are clean from dirt. And Rabbi says, No, the Pasuk says, and let let me just get the exact phrases, um, Kol Atmosai. Kol Atmosai. Yeah, all my bones will say your praise. I'll use my whole body to praise you. So he says, as soon as any part of your body can't daven, like your hands are through a window into the bathroom, into the lavatory, or your, or this tsoah on a covered part of your leg or shoulder or something like that, you can't daven because you're supposed to be using your entire being to daven. So that's the Mahloikas. But both of them don't fit with Rav Popa because both of them Rav Ghizd, um, Rav obviously is arguing with Rav Papa, because Rav Huda says if, is, if your hands are in the bathroom, you can daven. So obviously if there's tzah in its place, when you stand up, it can't be visible, you could daven. And even Rav Ghizd is only concerned when it's visible on the person's body. But where it's invisible, it's to a degree inside, because when he's standing, he can't see it. Well then Rav Ghizd would agree that you could. So, if it's a kasha, so how could, is Rav Papa really arguing on both of these teachings? So he says, no. When it's in its place, the the smell, its uh, vileness is a lot more. When it's not in its place, it's not as bad. When it's in its place, it sits there and it stays moist and it gives off a much fouler odor and when it's exposed to the air, then it starts to dry quicker and the odor dissipates and it's not as bad. So in this case, everyone would agree. soabim abim again, that when he's standing is visible, when he's not standing, he's not visible, is not such a is not such a problem. You know, just um, two interesting points on this. The pasuk that we brought, um, that why does Reb to say what what difference does it make if your hands inside uh, through a hole in the wall into the bathroom? Why can't you daven? He says, no, because it says, mosai tomarno, you must use all your, your whole being to dive to Hashem. So that's actually that pasuk, use your whole body to dive to Hashem, is one of the sources that people bring to encourage shockling. It's not good enough to just be standing there, saying the words. You should get your whole body involved and shockle as well. So that's one of the sources. I, th- I mean, personally, I, th- I feel uh maybe a slight swaying, strong, uh, shockling, I don't know, I find just dist- a little bit distasteful, but I guess that's a personal thing. Um, and also, I always thought, I mean, sometimes to pr- the greatest praise to Hashem is that I'm standing there... What's the word? Controlling myself before Him, as opposed to just letting my body do what it wants. So that's why I'm not convinced that this is a very strong POSOC, but again, there are those... Great, great sages who encourage shockling. Great sages who did shockle. It's not really my place to speak against it. But I do know, I think, yeah. Okay. Um, that's the one interesting point. And then the other interesting point is we said you can't expect a person to have wiped himself 100 hundred hundred 100%. That is absolutely no excrement there. Because the Torah is not given to angels. I mean, angels we know don't need the bathroom. So they don't have this problem. But when can you say that something is... It can't be expected of you because you're not an angel. When, as I said, some of, sometimes the Torah seems to have very, very great expectations of us. Sometimes the Torah really seems to put us on the spot and push us to our limits of what's, what's humanly possible, again, regarding to um, restraint and physical needs and desires. So I think it's an interesting discussion. When would we apply this principle and would, when would we not? Um, I was just thinking from this sukya. Yeah, okay, let's leave it as a thing to keep in mind and discuss at another point. Um, let's say another halacha to do with the suda, obviously to do with going to the bathroom. as If someone goes to urinate, he just has to wash his one hand and he can go back to eating. Diburim if he starts talking to his friend and he's delayed, now this Rashi point we'll see later on, but he says he ends up talking to his friend for like an hour or two. I mean, we're be talking about a, a proper delay, not you walked to the, not you walked to the kitchens, chatted to someone there and went back, or walked out, someone walked past your house and you walked outside and said hello and good Shabbos for five ten minutes. We're talking about a proper break. Um, as I said, Rashi says an hour or two. Imchabere, um, he fleek, so he delayed. He has to wash both his hands before he continues eating. When he washes his hand, he shouldn't stand outside and wash his hand and then go to the meal. Because everyone will suspect him of not having washed his hands. He's coming back to the meal. Now, this is almost restarting his meal. Remember, he's had an hour's break. Um, he's had a long break so he's restarting his meal he, hasn't <speaking in Hebrew> he must sit down wash his hands and offer the, water, the jug that he used to wash his hands with to everyone at the table and what's the reason he offers it to everyone at the table to point out that he is washing his hands again um, so that's the basic halacha <speaking in Hebrew> this is where he's sitting down to drink this that he has to make sure that everyone knows he's washed his hands is when he's sitting down to drink. Remember, they used to eat their meal and then they'd sit around having uh, glasses of wine together for quite a while. Now there, obviously, strictly speaking, you don't have to wash your hands to wash your hands and do time for for drinking. However, remember, he's at a meal. So granted, they've finished eating, he might still snack a little. You know, everyone complains that one of the worst... Um, you hear people who are trying to stay healthy, lose weight, or be on diet for various reasons. So one of the worst things is to sit at the meal with the food on the table. Because you're going to end up just snacking and picking and for much longer. So, so too, he's sitting down to, have to drink wine, but he might, since it's part of the meal, he might eat. So he has to wash his hands. however, says, however, if he is sitting down to eat not just to drink, um, he can definitely wash his hands outside and come inside and eat because everyone knows that people are sensitive in this regard. I, No one's going to sit down to eat bread without washing their hands. So if he's sitting down to join in eating the food, well then we'd, we'd take for, everyone would take for granted that he's washed his hands and there would be no concern. Interesting here, like, I mean, this, the Gemara was written... I'm trying to think how long ago, uh, about 1,500 years ago, and it's taken for granted that before you sit down to eat, you wash washed your hands. Again, I don't know if they were muckbed with soap and water, but at least Nutila time. it took for granted everyone, everyone washed their hands. No, no one would touch food without washing their hands. So I thought that's uh, quite interesting because I feel like, <laughs> I feel like people have only started washing their hands in the last year and a half. Um... says, Omar Rav Nachman, by Yitzhak, Rav Nachman says, and if, by Yitzhak said, well, if I sit down to drink, everyone knows how sensitive I am. Rav Nachman wouldn't go near, he wouldn't even drink if he hadn't washed his hands, and everyone knows that. So therefore, if he would go to the bathroom and come back to the meal, he can wash his hands outside. Or if he leaves for a long time and then comes back to the meal, he can. He wouldn't have to um, wash his hands at the table. He could wash them outside and everyone would know, would assume that Ram Nachman washed his hands. Just interesting. It seems so in our time, everyone would assume that someone who went to the bathroom washed their hands. So you probably wouldn't need to worry about this. Um, And if someone left for a long time, would we assume that someone just washed their hands before they came in? That I'm not so sure, but that would depend, I guess, on societal norms. It sounds, from al Kamura, that it seems that it depends on societal norms. If people would assume automatically that you've washed your hands, then you wouldn't have to wash them in sight of everyone. Okay, next, Mishnah. Um, carrying on with this theme, because we mentioned that the coin Gadol goes to the mikveh before he starts his avoid in the mornings. He says, A person is not allowed to enter the temple courtyard to do the service even if he's Tahar, unless he goes to Mikvah. Even if the Kahe knows he's 100% Tahar, when he's going to go into the Beis HaMikdash to do the Voidah, he has to go to Mikvah again that day, I, in the morning before he starts the temple service, he must go to Mikvah. I mean, interestingly, our Mishnah says, when he goes into the courtyard to do the Voidah, so what happens if he's just going into the courtyard to observe the Voidah? So Rashi says this word avoida is lavdafka, it's not uh, prasas because the rule is you're not allowed to enter the temple courtyard without natilas, without going to mikvah in the morning. So it is, it's not specifically for avoida, but other sages argue, um, other Rishonim argue Rashi and say it at least has to be for some avoida. If it's just going in to observe, then you would not necessarily have to um, go to mikvah. Chamech um, in The koen garol goes to mik for five times, and he washes his hand and feet ten times on that day. We'll see later on the seder, but basically every time he changes his clothes, he has to wash his hands before he takes them off. Remember, he's changing from his regular big day kohuna, which have the breastplate and the tzitz and the, all the the golden garments, to his plain linen ones, and back. So every time he changes, he has to go to mikveh and wash his hands before and after. Um, so he says, They were all done in a holy chamber, either one on top of bais HaParva, except for the first one. The first one Rashi, Rashi points out because the first one is not an obligation specific to Yom Kippur. It's the standard obligation that every kohen has to go to mikveh before he goes into the temple courtyard so every coin so the Yom, so the coin godal is also going to mikvah for that reason and it's only the one specific to Yom Kippur where it says where the posuk specifies that it has to be done by Malcolm Kodesh that you would have to do it on the base of parba it says Pirsu sadin am, and they hang a cloth a linen cloth between him and the people so obviously they don't see him going coming out of the mikvah okay let's go to the mikvah shaloes Ben zoma Tfila zu lama. Why does he have to do this tfila if he knows his tahor? Why does he have to go to mikva? So amr la hemuma mishnah mekudash ma hamishanem ykaidesh la kaidesh umi makam shayneiz karis la makam shayneiz karis. If we find that a kohen gadol he changes from sacred clothes to sacred clothes and he's moving between. Two holy places that if he was Tomei, he would get Koresh. Whether he's in the temple courtyard or in the Hegel or in the Kodesh HaKadoshim, if he's Tomei there, he's Chav Koresh. But he's moving between those areas, so he's Chav Koresh, which if he's Tomei, he would be Chav Koresh for any of them. So he says, to Tefillah, he has to do Tefillah. Okay? And he's changing holy garbs to holy garbs and he's moving in the base. I mean that's just different areas, and he has to do Tefillah. HaMeshanei if a uh, Kohen who's changing from the non-sacred to the sacred uh, is coming from his home into the Beit HaMikdash, and he's moving from a place on his house, outside the temple, where he would not be chayav koresh if he's tomeh, to a place where his punishment is a no din he should definitely require tefillah. So this, important to bring out, this is ben Zome's opinion, it's a kalvachomer. If the coin Godal has to go to mikvah when he's changing between the parts of his avoid on Yom Kippur, a regular coin coming from his home to the base of Midash should definitely have to go to mikvah. But the fact that ben is learning it as a kalvachomer tells us that it is the oraisa. So according to Ben Zoyman it's, it's a halacha to yeah, um, uh, at least on the surface Rabbi Yehuda, Ayman, Rabbi Yehuda says t'vila. who's there no this is an ancillary um, t'vila ancillary immersion going to mikvah in order that he remembers an old a tumor that happened a while ago and he will separate from doing the avoider I remember most times when you go to mikvah you what's a you're at full yom, you have remnants of your tuma on you till that night. So the, so Rabbi Yehuda says it's just a precaution. You make the kohen go to mikveh while he's in mikveh. It will trigger his memory. He's like, oh, actually, I am tuma and I need to be in the mikveh. Okay, remember the kohanim were only serving once every twenty-four weeks, or yeah, you know, maybe sometimes, but in general, they were only serving once every twenty-four weeks. So he might actually be. Yo. So he might actually be Tomei and say, "Oh, I'm not going to worry about it just yet." And then he forgets about it. So he goes to mikvah, being in the mikvah. Since you go to the mikvah to purify yourself, it will trigger his memory. Oh, wait, I'm actually to- Tomei and I needed to go to mikvah. And then he'll realize that he's a that he's a Yom and he won't do the avodah So that's why. Again, Rabbi Yehuda says it's just a trigger to trigger his memory. It's not a dindor so isa that you have to, if you know you're tahor, or you think you're tahor, well then, strictly speaking, you could go into the Beis Amidash and serve there, or go to the Beis Amidash, go into the base Amidash without, um, without tefillah. It's just a dindor that he has to. It says, can be flicky, what's their argument based on? They're arguing whether this will desecrate this temple service. According to Ben Zema, this will invalidate, it will desecrate the service he does. The Rebbe Yehuda, who says that it's only Darabon, it would not invalidate his avoida. You know, interesting. I wouldn't have said. I would have said the. I would have said the, the point they're arguing on is it a va- is it a true and now we're coming along and saying no. The machloekus is actually based on whether it invalidates. So let's see So um, it does not invalidate. The, the machloekus is based on is a requirement that it will be invalidated. That almost sounds more to me like a ramification. I, what's the difference if you learn like Rebbe? Maybe, maybe that's what it means, but I'm not sure. Um, um, let me just... Yeah, it sounds a little bit like I want to explain. It's a ramification if you learn like Benzoma that it's the eraser that you have to go to Mikv in the morning before you go into the temple courtyard because you're coming from chol lekodesh from your home from outside the base of mikdash into the base of mikdash. Then you should have to. Um, then if you would do temple service without having done it, it would be invalid. And Rabbi Huru says it's only Drabban and would say it's not invalid. Oh, mi'machil. You're telling me a quantity Ben if a coin does the avoid without having gone to mikveh it's invalid. He says, If you have a coin godel who did not go to Mikvah between changing the garments, and he did not wash his hands between putting on each garment... wash his hands and feet, his service is still valid. However, whether you're discussing the coin God or whether you're discussing a regular coin on a regular day, coming to do the, the avoider, who did not sanctify his hands and feet in the morning, and he did temple service, his avoider is invalid. So what do we see What do we see clearly from here, from this brysa where we don't see Benzoma argues? Well, two interesting points, but the one's only relevant for us. So let's just say the second point that's not as relevant to us. The avoider of a kohen who did not sanctify his hands and feet before going to do the avoider would be invalid. Regarding going to mikvah, Poingodal, who didn't go to mikvah or wash his hands between the different changes of clothes, well, he would not invalidate his temple service. And therefore... How could you tell me that the ramification or the argument of Ben Zaiman and Rabbi Yehud is whether the temple service is invalid? We see clearly from this Avoida that if he does not go to mikveh, it's not invalid. He says, No, El say, What, comma, fligi? What Rabbi Yehuda and Ben Zaiman are arguing is does he transgress a positive commandment? The Pasuk by the Kohen Godel says, b'mayim es He will go to mikvah. Right? Between changing his clothes, he will go to mikvah. Now, therefore, if he does not go to mikvah, he transgresses this positive commandment of he must go to mikvah. Now Ben Zoimah who learned it as a Kawakhom will say it in now, but we'll see it inside now. But Ben Zoima who learns it from a Kawakhom, who says it's Dora says, just as the Kohen Godel transgresses a positive commandment if he does not go to mikvah. Again, the temple service is valid. But he's got a mitzvah which he doesn't fulfill if he doesn't go to mikvah. So, to a regular Kohen or the Kohen model on another day of the year, if they don't go to mikvah before their temple service, would also transgress this Issud Rabbanim. Um, Ellen, May come. I think I'm Yeah. And according to Rabbi Yehuda, that it's only a dinder Bonan that you go to mikvah? Well, obviously a coin a on a regular day doesn't go to mikvah before doing temple service, would not transgress a positive commandment. I mean, there is no positive commandment, he just transgresses. Look, "Loi This is, According to Ben Zome, if a coin doesn't go to mikvah in the morning before their temple service, he transgresses a positive commandment. According to Rabbi Yehuda, he does not. al umi O'mi, Yehuda, does Rebbe Yehuda really... So what if, where are we holding with Rebbe Yehuda? We've said that according to Rebbe Yehuda, you have to go to Mikvah every morning, and it's to help trigger this... His memory, if he was actually Tomei, and now he's a Tful Yom, and he shouldn't do the temple, and he's not allowed to do the temple service. He says, Does Rebbe Yehuda really hold he has to go to Mikvah every morning? He says, he, We learned in another bracer, The Mitzvah goes to Mikvah, and then he stands in sharnikanor. Remember, with the Metzorah he goes to Mikvah, when he's, when he's healed from his torahs. he's got a seven day purification process. On the seventh day he goes to Mikvah and then at night his Torah, however he's what's called Mechusa kipurim. He's not allowed to go into the base of Mikdash until he's offered his Korbanos. So on the eighth morning, again, he went to Mikvah the seventh afternoon, on the seventh day. He knows his Torah. On the eighth morning, he goes to Mikvah again before he stands by Shar Nicanor. Shar Nicanor, I'll show you the picture again, is the main gate into the temple. Um, here's the Ezra's Noshim, that side, and there's Shar Nicanor. So the the inside there is where you're not where we just is the main place where you're not allowed to go. That's kind of the Azora, the temple. That's what's really the temple courtyard. Ezra's Noshim is Semi temple. It's more. It's more considered Harabais than actual temple, but it is there. Um, you know, just while we were on it, yesterday was Yom Yerushalayim, and it's it's quite a contentious discussion. Very sadly, what's going on in Israel at the moment. But remember, this is this what we're looking at here. This is the Beis Hamidash, and around it was obviously the Chel and the Soirek, and then around here would be the. Outer walls of harabais of Temple Mount. And the Western Wall that we, the Kaisala Marovi, the Western Wall, is the outer wall of harabais It's not the wall of the actual Bais HaMikdash. Just to bear in mind, it's a wall of Temple Mount. Um, but, so... He goes, the Mitzorah, now he's got a problem. His Mechusa, Kippurit, so he can't go into, but they have to sprinkle the blood of the Osham on certain parts of his body, his right hand, ear, his right ear, big thumb and toe. So he has to stick his hand and his toe, maybe not his ear, I don't remember, and he has to stick at least his foot and his hand into the temple courtyard to have the blood of the Osham sprinkled on it because you're not allowed to take the blood of the Osham out. And Al Mishnah says he has to, so he has to go to mikvah in the morning before he does that. Even though he's Tor because he went to Mikvah yesterday. And Rabbi Yehuda says he doesn't have to go to Mikvah because he already went to Tvilah yesterday, last, the day before. So he's Tor. So we see that Rabbi Yehuda does not hold. If a Kohen is Tor, Rabbi Yehuda doesn't hold he has to go to Mikvah in the morning. We took it as for granted it's exiled Rabban that he has to go to mikfah every morning, but we see from this case that the Matsari went to mikvah on Wednesday and on the eighth on not Wednesday on the seventh day and on the eighth morning he doesn't have to go to mikvah. So the Gemara says no, that's not a good proof. He says, "Alu the Tani Tameh Shekfar Tovel The price itself said, what's the reason that he doesn't have to go to Mikveh here? Because he went to Mikveh yesterday afternoon, so he definitely is Tahar. I remember the whole reason we mentioned for the Xayri of is to trigger his memory if he was actually Tomei previously. And now we're coming along and saying that, well, he doesn't need his memory triggered because he went to Mikveh yesterday and he became Tahar. So that would be a special dispensation. So all other mornings you're right, would have to go to Mikvah, and he would have to go to Mikvah, but uh, but this brysa where he says he doesn't is a special exception because he went to Mikvah the, the previous afternoon. So the Gomorrah then asks a very interesting question He says is the Korileh my Korile. So why do I ask this question? What was he asking? It's so obvious. The price itself says, He does not have to go to mikveh, because he already went to mikvah yesterday evening. And then he says, Why didn't he, why doesn't, and then the person asks the question, Why doesn't he have to go to mikveh? He says, What do you mean? We just saw it in the price. So what is the answer? He says, No, he wants to raise a contradiction with another price. And now we're going to see the other b'risa. It says, The chamber of the Mitzorahim. That's a chamber um, over here. It's in the... Uh, I'm turning this. Northwest. In the Ezra's Nashim, this is the chamber of the Mitzorahim. And there's a mikveh in it. So here's the diagram. In the northwest corner of the women's... of Ezra's Nashim... There's the there's a mikvah. So that Lishkas ha Mitsurain, this chamber of the Mitsurain, Sheshon Mitsorim Toblim. There the Mitsurah has got a mikvah. Rebi Bilvad Omru adam. Not only the people who are healed from Tsurah go there, but all people go there. But what do we see? Rebi Yehuda seems to all he says, not only in the Mitsuraim, but all people, implying that people with tzaras also go. People with Saras also go to that um, um not only does the um sorry just got distracted. Um yeah, Rebbe Yehuda is saying that not only do Metzoraz go to the mikveh in that corner, but also all people. But it sounds like people with Soraz also going in the previous one, Rebbe in the previous price so Rebbe Yehuda says that people with Soraz don't have to go to mikveh because they went the previous night. So that's what he wanted to bring out. He says, The difference is no, did he go to mikveh yesterday or not? He, if he didn't go to yes, Mikvah yesterday, well, then he has to go to Mikvah today. It says, Eidolot Erev boy." But wait, if the Metzorah, if it's granted it's his eighth day, but he didn't go to Mikvah on the seventh day, he has to wait till sunset before his Tahor. So if he's only going to Mikvah on the eighth day, he still can't go put his hands in the temple. His hand and feet in the temple to get the blood sprinkled on them. Ella, I divided the tovel. There must be both is where he went to mikvah. And here is where he was distracted. had was distracted from guarding himself from becoming Tomei. And the other case is where he was not distracted. I. In general, a Mitsoira who's aware that he went to mikvah on the previous afternoon and he was careful, ah, oh, I've been to Mikvah, I'm tohor, and he was careful, does not have to go to Mikvah again in the morning of the eighth day. But even a coin who went to Mikvah on the previous afternoon, but then he wasn't careful to not become Tomei, he has to go to Mikvah on the eighth day again, in case he became Tomei, um, he has to go, uh, yeah, come, be, go to Mikvah again on the eighth day. If he's been distracted, i.e. has not been careful to not become Tomei, well then he actually has to do the seven-day purification in case he was in contact or in the same room as a mace. If someone is not careful about not becoming Tomei, then they actually have to purify themselves as if they became Tomei mace. So it's a very... Um, yeah, so what do we see that it wouldn't help if a ka if a Matsara went to mikvah on the 7th day, which is when he was supposed to, and then he got distracted and he wasn't careful to remain Tahar, he forgot to be careful to remain Tahar, then he's, even on the 8th day, if he goes to mikvah, he's not going to be able to go to the Beis Hamidah. Because he's going to need a 7-day purification. So he would have to wait for the 3rd day, get the paradumo ash sprinkled on him, water, ash sprinkled on him. And then on the 7th day get the water and ash sprinkled on him. And only then would he be able to finish his purification for being a Mitzara which he started already a while ago. So we're going to give a few answers to resolve this, this contradiction. So what's our issue? is. In the first, braise, in the one that we mentioned, Rabbi Yehuda seems to say that a Mitzorah does not go to mikvah in the morning. And the reason is because he went to mikvah the previous day, so he knows his tohor. In the other braisa Rabbi Yehuda says, not only do Mitzorah use, not only do people with Tzorah use that mikvah in the northwest corn chamber of the Ezra's Noshim, but even regular people, but that tells us that people with Tzorah also use that chamber. So we're trying to work out this. Rabbi Yehuda hold someone with Tzorah has to go to Mikvah in the morning before they put their hand and feet in the base of Mikdash? Or do they not have to go to Mikvah? Which one is it, Rabbi Yehuda? So, Ela, I, di, va, I, di, de, lois, ase, You can say that both cases are where he did not get distracted. Here is where he went to Mikvah with intent that he's going to go into the base HaMikdash. And here is where he went to Mikvah without intent to go to the base HaMikdash. On the seventh day when he went to Mikvah, if he only had intent that I want to purify myself from being a Mitzorah, well, to go into the Beis HaMikdash, it has to be a tefillah, an immersion, with intent to go into the Beis HaMikdash. Oh, so if on the seventh day he just went to mikvah to purify himself from being a Mitzorah, well then on the eighth morning before he goes into the Beis Amidash, he's going to have to do twila with intent to go into the Beis Amidash. If on the seventh day he says, I'm going into the mikvah with intent to go into the Beis Amidash tomorrow, then uh, he doesn't have to go to mikvah in the eighth morning. That's the difference. It's very interesting when for, for Kedusha, for things of Kodesh, like eating korbanos, and going to the base, going into the base amidash, the tefillah has to be with Kavona. Other tefillahs, like a woman to purify yourself from being and which is not to go into the base Amidash, etc. It doesn't require intention. As long as you've been to Mikvah, you can discuss how by mistake, but theoretically even if you fall into the Mikvah, you had no intent, you were just cleaning the Mikvah and you fell in and you quickly got out because you didn't want to, like it wasn't your intent, there's still a good chance that you are tahor. Okay, a second answer. The eboys boys koladam. lo Don't say that. Rabbi Yehuda responds. We learn Rabbi response as not only Mitzuran, but even other people. I'm implying Mitzuran also. Read it as not Mitzuran, but other people. I. The rabbanon say mitsurah use that mikva. Rabbi Huda says no, not mitsurah, but other people. I so then they line up. They both hold that a mitsurah who went to mikva the previous afternoon does not have to go to mikva on the morning of on the eighth morning. A third answer, Ravino, on um, Yehuda. Rabbi kamaluhu. answering according to what the Rabbis hold, and this is how you would understand it. Ledi um, according, according to me. A Mitzorah does not require tefillah. Lidid but according to you, Rabbonin, who hold that a Mitzorah does need Mikvah, oiduli mias bevat obru koladam. This chamber of Mitzorahin is not only for Mitzorahs, but it's for all people. Aye, so that's the Machloikas. review is saying, this Mikvah here is for all people, anyone going into the base of that needs it. I hold that someone with Tzorahs does not need to go... To Mikvah because I went to Mikvah yesterday afternoon, but you hold someone with Saras does have to go to Mikvah every afternoon. Why do you not insist on everyone who comes to the Besa Mikdash that they go to Mikvah before they go in? That's his point. So, Rabban and Dayesh Betuma, Kolodom Dayesh, Betuma. Rabban say, no, the reason that someone with Saras has to go to Mikvah. It's because he, he's he been Tomei for so long that he's stopped being careful. I remember, if you are Tomei, like us, we're never careful about being tahor because we're always Tomei. So we dash, we trample it, we treat it carelessly. But And Soto sorry he's been Tomei for quite a while, so he's treated it carefully. He's stopped being careful to not touch shots him, not walk in the same room or near graves or, you know, things. He's just stopped being careful. So he has to go to mikvah because he's lost that uh, sensitivity to remain Tahar. So, yeah, so where were we? want to it? Yeah, so the Rabbonin are actually extra strict with the matzora over regular people because the matzora isn't careful about tumah Therefore, he has to go to Mikvah before he goes into the temple in the morning, even though he went to Mikvah yesterday afternoon. Whereas Rebbe Yehuda holds, no, he went to Mikvah yesterday afternoon. He doesn't have to be. That's this answer. So, I'm going name de This Rabbonin who argue on Rebbe Yehuda, the Rabbonin who said that a matzora must go to Mikvah, there are actually two ways of looking at it. Is it, Lohadia Koichot is it to show you how far Rebbe goes? I, Rebbe holds that even a Metzorah who is used to being Tomei does not have to go to Mikveh again because he went yesterday afternoon. I, Dilma Shiny Metzorah did but tomorrow maybe the Rabbinon are actually going, they're not arguing on, they're not, sorry, I've skipped a lot of them. Um, they argue on Rabbi Yehuda who said that a matzora must go to, sorry, the Tanakama, the Rabbanon who said that a matzora must go to Tvila on the 8th day as well. Ke Benzoimus, who do they hold like ben zoma that it is a Doraisa obligation for anyone who is going to go into the temple that he has to go to Mikvah? That's one possibility. Oedilmer. The Mitz... And really, the halacha would be with any person. of high Diktani And the reason that it mentions Mitzorah... To holds... No, if he knows his Torah from the night before, he doesn't have to go to Mikva. Even with a Mitzorah who's less careful than other people. shiny Betuma. Or maybe the Rabbis do not hold like Rabbin Kamliel. Like, sorry, like, Reb, like Ben Zoyma. They hold like... Um, they... They hold that is not obligation. And it, it's not an obligation for a regular person who knows Torah to go to the Mikdash. And a Mitzorah and shiny Mitzorah Didash batumah. And we go extra strict with the Mitzorah because he's careless. He's not used to being careful with Tuma. Says Amalei, and he answered shiny Mitzorah That Tana holds not like Ben Zoma but that a Mitzorah is different because he is careless with Tumma. So we actually have various ways of looking at this how I understand the sugya? It's a little it's quite a tricky piece that it ends off. What's it adjusting? But I understand as follows. You have Benzoma at the top. He holds It's a Mitzvah. Before you enter the temple in the morning you have to go to Mikvah. And the reason is we learn it as a coming from a Kohen gadol. If the Kohen godl is changing from his holy clothes to his other holy clothes he has to go to Mikvah. Well a regular person a regular Kohen changing from his Sivis uh, to his Big Day Kahuna should definitely have to go to Mikvah. He's going from a place where he's not Chayef his Viztameh to a place where he is Chayef his Viztameh. He should definitely, definitely have to go to uh, Mikvah. That's Ben Zoma. Then we brought the first way of looking at Rabbi Yehuda was that it's Zayret Rabon that every person would have to go to Mikvah that mo- uh, the morning before they go in, and it's to try to trigger their memory, if actually they might be Tama, and then they're at full Yom, and they should not go into the base of to do the Vojta, then we might have adjusted just and therefore according to that logic, it seems that the bracer would hold the court, cord- would hold that, if he's definitely Torah, like he went the night before, then he wouldn't have to go to Mikvah. And then we came on to the Rabbonin's opinion. Again, remember, Rabbonin is a generic term for a group of sages. So it can you can have two Rabbanons on the same page that hold different things. That's where it gets a little bit tricky. So that's why we call it the Rabbonin who argue on Rebbe Yehuda actually seem to be the most lenient. They hold that in general, no one has to go to... If they know they're you don't have to go to mikveh before you go into the Beit Hamidash. However, a Mitzorah, who's gotten used to not being careful about being Tomei, he would have to go to mikveh because he might have become Tomei. He's just not careful about it anymore. And therefore he should, he would have to go to mikveh. The only person, but a regular person would not necessarily have to go to mikveh before going into the temple unless he knew he was Tomei. Okay, we'll leave it there for today.